everyone, Terry Welbrock here. I have so much to tell you all. Oh, we went on a family vacation, hence a week without the podcast. And I thought about doing two of them before I left. I even edited it, but then I took my laptop with me and then never did it. Um, my mom, whom those of you who listened to the show for a long time, um, know the story of my mom's healing journey and uh, living sober since 2019. She had uh, been a severe alcoholic my entire childhood and life. And so I'm just so proud of her for the healing work she's done. And she's now 87. Um, and while I was away in Orlando with the family, she fell and uh, broke her femur right at the hip. So she had to have a partial hip replacement. And I'm going to do a whole episode on that particular journey um, with me and all that transpired. Um, but it was it was very enlightening. And so when I returned, um, well, to just to let you know, my mom's surgery went great. She's in rehab now. They put her on oxycodone against uh, instructions in her chart, uh, which is narcotics. And she started hallucinating horribly. So I stepped in as medical POA and uh, had them stop that. And she's doing wonderful again. Uh, having lots of friends and family check in on her. Since I'm five states away currently, my goal is to uh, get her back into her apartment and then I'm going to travel uh, back to Ohio and stay with her um, <clears throat> for a, as long as she needs me there to help her transition back into independent living. And so we're, she and I are very much looking forward to the time together and uh, yes, just laughing and cooking and watching movies and going out and meeting friends and uh, having a great time together. So I look forward to that. Um, but when I returned, a couple of different things happened. Um, I am in the midst of participating in a somatic healing course with a podcast guest that I have yet to put out here for all of you to listen to. So when that episode comes out, I will, uh, I'll talk about um, this amazing course that I am participating in. And it's been wonderful and so informative. And the other thing I did was something called the harmonic egg. And for my own healing journey. And wow! Holy moly, I'm going to do an entire episode just on that because, yes, it shifted everything. One of those spiritual awakening, life-altering moments. So if you want to, if you're curious and want to know a little bit ahead of time, go to the Harmonic Egg website and uh, research it a little bit because, yeah, it's going to be mind-blowing when you tune into that particular episode. So anyway, I've talked a lot. Today's episode uh, interview with Kathleen Donnelly Israel. Uh, just a beautiful conversation, and uh, I look forward to 
you taking these next 30 minutes to just uh, gift yourself all that uh, you can learn and um, gain from, from Kathleen. All right, now for the show. Welcome everybody to the Healing Place podcast. I'm your host, Terry Welbrock, and just doing a little happy dance here to have Kathleen Donnelly Israel here with me. She's the author of Wisdom on the Camino, and I'm going to read a little bit of her bio, and then we're going to dive into some awesome conversation. Kathleen has a bachelor's degree in art from San Diego State University. She studied expressive arts therapy at the European Graduate School in Switzerland, She's a certified transformational breathing facilitator, theta healer, and has enjoyed a lifetime of walking, hiking, and running, which we're going to discuss a little bit more. Mm -hmm. She cared for her husband for the 17 years that he had Parkinson's, Parkinson's disease until he died in 2018. During this time, she studied spiritual healing from many enlightened thought leaders and teachers. And she's here to talk about this, her first book, her journey, and uh, what this book is all about. So welcome, Kathleen. Thank you, Terry. I'm so happy to be here with you today. Thank you. Thank you. So yeah, let's, well, I know we had a little chat before I hit record, which I'm excited to talk about, but let's, let's first go down the road of this book and what inspired you to, to take that, that journey. Well, you know, um, when my husband was ill, um, he, I, I mean, before he got ill, I thought we were going to be riding our bicycles across France in our old age, you know, I, and then when he got sick, I was like, yeah, I, I, we're not doing that. <laughs> and we, we took some trips, um, even though he was ill, um, actually he rode his bicycle to Spokane, Washington from San Diego. Um, and you know, me and our neighbor went with him to, you know, um, to accompany him. So we'd have a place to sleep at night. And anyway, he was an athlete. He was a total athlete. And I was kind of like a wannabe athlete, but I thought I could, you know, he would wait for me and I could catch up with him. <laughs> but um, anyway, when he got ill, um, that dream went away. And so um, in 2013, my girlfriend, Judy, went on the Camino and um, she shared it on Facebook. And oh, my gosh, I thought, wow, I want to do that, too. That'll be my dream instead of the riding my bike with Ron. And and so that's what you know, that's what I did. I, I thought, well, I have to wait until Ron's done with his disease. And then he died in August of 2018 and uh, January 2019. I, I was like, yeah, I, I need to start making this happen. So I bought all the things I needed to buy. And like I bought four pack backpacks before I found the right one and stuff, you know, and I, I'd buy things online and then I'd return them if they uh, were not light enough or, you know, maybe too bulky or whatever. And um, REI, it's great. You can return stuff at REI. And uh, so I, I prepared for my trip and um Oh, but I um, forgot to say, when I was taking care of Ron, I, I had um, post-traumatic stress disorder in my life, just lived with it in my life. And one of the graces of his illness was I had to be there. 
I, you know, I had to be home. And so I went online and I um, studied with um, many enlightened thought leaders and released a lot of my trauma um, during that time. And I studied for so long that I developed some philosophies of my own that I wanted to share. And so uh, when I decided I wanted to write my book, I thought, oh, I, I just don't want to seem teachy or anything. And I remembered I told all my philosophies to people on the Camino while I was there. And so I wrote my book about walking the Camino and telling people about my philosophies. Oh, that's, um, I mean, what a beautiful way to integrate those two beautiful stories that seem separate, but yet you wove them together. Yes. Yeah. And it was such a blessing to write it because I mean, I, the Camino, I mean, you have to fall in love with the Camino. And so I'd been away from it for more than a year. And all of a sudden now I had to remember all that stuff. I looked through my pictures, looked through my Facebook posts and my kids made a, my daughter made a a WhatsApp called mom's walkabout check-in. And so I actually shared all the gory details with my kids that I didn't share on Facebook. And so between all those, um, I just, um, and also I had a a recording, like you get a a little, like a a pilgrim passport and each night they, they stamp on it where you were that day. And so that helped me with the continuity of, you know, this is where I was and how I did it. So um, anyway, it made it really easy and it was so fun. It just made my heart sing while I was writing. Oh my gosh. And so did you do this journey alone? I did. I did. I, I kind of say I wasn't really alone because I have some guardian angels. And um, so my guardian angels came with me. I actually yeah. have four guardian angels that I know personally and um I know what they look like and all kinds of stuff um I mean you can say I imagined this stuff but anyway it's it's real also it's imagined and for sure real for sure yeah (laughs) I I I totally am I mean you see behind me my sister painted that angel for me I Um, I I just the idea of angels I walked into uh, a medium's office once a friend of mine had uh, said I'm Terry I'm going to see the psychic and I, I don't want to do it by myself will you go and I was like all right I'll go with you and when I walked in he said to me oh my gosh you have just so many angels walked in with you mm-hmm. and I was like oh that's right <laughs> that's right and uh, when my children were little uh, they belonged to this uh, group actually one of my neighbors had this thing it's called soldiers of Mary and they would get together and say the rosary and they did things like you know make cards and send and take them to the old folks home and um, visit and give them their card and you know just charitable things and one day she sat us down and said okay we're going to meet your guardian angel and so I I mean there I was with all the little kids doing it too and she said just sit there and uh, imagine your guardian angel and ask your guardian angel what their name is and so I did that and I, and I got the name that I got was Lunk and I'm like, Lunk, that, that can't be real. And then I just got this idea of this giant guy, angel, I mean, not skinny, this just giant, um, 
soft and slow guy. And he had his arm around me protecting me. And I'm like, well, I think that's exactly what I needed (laughs) was a giant guy to protect me. (laughs) Named Lunk. Yeah. Yeah. Named Lunk. Yeah. And then the next, the next day I got Mary Bell. I mean, the next year she did it again the next year and I, and I got Mary Bell. And so Mary Bell is this like a gregarious little angel that flitters around and she's so happy all the time. And I'm like, wow, okay. Now I have balance between these two <laughs> um, angels. And that's so awesome. I, I have a guest. I did the podcast hasn't come out yet. It's coming up soon, but a, a gentleman that's coming up on the show, um, Michael Andre Ford. And mm. uh, he, he brings in, angels and so during our interview Mm. he was he was and then afterwards he was telling me all of these angels like joy and I I wrote it all down because I was just Mm. so mesmerized by the whole thing of how many were surrounding me and it was oh my gosh amazing and beautiful and yes joy was a little flitterer yes (laughs) (laughs) that's so Um, awesome I love it I love it yeah um so that's why I wasn't alone they went with me and yeah yeah and Besides, I walk slow and I couldn't really go with anybody because nobody walks as slow as me. And um, actually, I did meet a lady that I passed. I'm, I passed one person <laughs> on the whole Camino. <laughs> and um, like um, she was a, a woman of color and she was from New York City and she was just walk, 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 you know, and and um I just walked with her for a while and then I had to go to the restroom and I'm like, well, you want to go get um, oh, over there. You drink beer, uh, cerveza con limon, uh, a beer with lemon um, soda pop in it. And she said, no, I can't do that. I have to keep walking or I'll never get there. <laughs> so um, I kept leaving the Camino and going to the restroom and coming back and passing her up and then she passed me up and it was very it was a great day me and Geraldine that's awesome Mm -hmm. did she make it into the book yeah yeah Yeah. she did (laughs) I don't know I don't you know all I know is she's from New York and um yeah that's all I know and I know some of the people I asked them do you want me to change your name you know and then there's some people like I didn't know how to contact them so right Right. <laughs> well, so, um, that's, yeah. I mean, it's just a, such a beautiful, it's uh, everything I've heard about that journey, everything I've read. Well, we talked about watching the movie, the way, uh, mm-hmm. which is about a father who follows in his son's footsteps along that journey after his father, right. and his son had died. Right. Um, yeah. And yeah, it was just like the same way with us. We got there and it was snowing on the Pyrenees. And that's the, you know, the picture, the, um, that, um, movie has him walking over the Pyrenees in the snow and that's how he died. And so when I got to Saint-Jean-Pied-de-Port, um, to start the journey, they told us you, it's against the law to go over the, the Pyrenees. We had to walk around. Okay. So, um, so that was really great. Uh, the first night I stayed in, um, Sunshine, and I stayed at the Bellari, and I really recommend that if anybody goes, um, make a reservation at the Bellari. And you you do, you really have to make a reservation 
somebody told me to make a reservation for the first three nights. So I did. And um, the two that were supposed to be over the Pyrenees, they didn't get anybody. They knew nobody was going to show up because it was against the law to go. So I had to go around and, um, and I met a great crew of people that night too. I had in Val Carlos to walk around the Pyrenees, actually walk around, but it was like up and down, up and down, (laughs) up and down. It was just, it was climbing all day long. Yeah. And um, actually, did you train train for it at all? Yeah. Well, I always, um, I met this lady in um, jury duty and we started walking together like we were walking together for like five years or something. I don't know how long, but we would walk five miles three days a week. And um, so it didn't make me even sweat walking that five miles. And so I thought, oh, well, I can walk five miles before lunch and five miles after lunch. No problem. And um, so that's what I did. And then my sister-in-law was thinking, my sister-in-law Bernadette was thinking, you're going to need to climb on mountains. So we're going to climb mountains. So she would call me once in a while and and tell me, okay, Kathleen, we're going up Cowles Mountain today, or we're going to hike around Torrey Pines today or something so that I would get, you know, walking up mountains. Um, So she was in charge of that. She put herself in charge of that. And I'm just grateful. The other thing I did, I worked at a, a horse ranch and um, I'm afraid of horses. So I thought, well, if I work at a horse ranch, maybe I won't be afraid, you know, it didn't work, but anyway, right. so I was toting around, you know, wheelbarrows of horse pucky all day long. And, and I got really good core strength from that. So, um, I think that was really important. Yeah. And, uh, so that was my training. And yeah. really when I got there, I started walking five miles before lunch, five miles after lunch, that's about 13 K. And then all of a sudden, one day I got to the 10 K before lunch. And I'm like, well, I think I need to walk farther. So then I started walking 15 K a day. Um, Because if you get there before lunch, the albergues are not open anyway. So you have to, they don't even open till like two or three o'clock. And so I had to keep walking. And so that at that time, I started thinking, well, I need to walk farther each day. So you kind of get buff on the trail. But like I say, you really kind of do need to do some work ahead of time. Yes. Now, did you find it healing at all? Was it a spiritual quest? Yeah, well, you know, um, it is a it is a holy pilgrimage. And I am Catholic. So, you know, that was, you know, that worked. And um, I, I really love my faith and um, it was very special to me in that way. Um, but also like um, I was walking along and like the first day I kept finding heart-shaped rocks. <laughs> and, and I thought, I mean, every 10th step, I mean, I'm not a little bit, a lot of heart-shaped rocks. And I just thought, you know what? My husband was with me. That's what I thought. I felt the spiritual connection with my husband because a long time ago when I was going to school in Switzerland, I used to collect heart-shaped rocks so I could bring them home to him so he'd know I was thinking about him. And yeah, all my heart-shaped rocks, I collect them. So I totally understand. (laughs) 
Well, in the beginning, I, I saw them and I thought, well, I don't want to pick them up. I want other people to see them too. And then I met this guy at this place and um, he was talking about a book that he read about a lady who found heart-shaped rocks on the Camino. And, and uh, he said, you know, she picked them up and gave them to people so they would feel special. And I think you should do that. So after I met him, then I started picking up the rocks and handing them out to people. <laughs> so, and they did, they loved it. Oh, yeah. I love it so much. I started finding the heart-shaped everything. I, I, I find heart-shaped rocks, but I'll find a heart-shaped wad of gum on the sidewalk. I, I just find hearts everywhere. Oh, yeah. And I tell, it was soon after my dad had passed and mm. um, he was a Jesuit brother for eight years. So mm. um he he gives me messages all the time and I love it that mm. I feel his presence. So, yeah. Yeah. I even saw some dog do shaped like a heart. And I was like, <laughs> okay, Ron, <laughs> I have done the same. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so awesome. So do you want to share a little bit about your own uh, journey and then triumph over trauma? Yeah, you know, I was, um, when I was a child, um, I believe, I believe that before I was born, I was a low vibrational spirit out in the universe with God. And I wanted to raise my vibration. And I heard that if you go and be a human being on the earth, you can raise your vibration because unconditional love raises your vibration. So uh, I was, I think of myself as being a valiant spirit that I was willing to come into this world and experience the crap I was going to attract being a low vibrational spirit. Because I mean, I was attracting stuff before I was even born. I mean, my dad accused my mom of, you know, getting me from somebody else. And, you know, that's quite tra traumatic for my mom. And then, um, and after I was born, you know, I had the alcoholic father and the mother who just <laughs> was trying to tune out, you know, she, yeah. she wanted to honor her marriage and that's how she did it. She wanted to tune out. And so um, it was difficult. My, my dad was a wonderful artist and a musician and um, he was an alcoholic, rageaholic child molester also. And so I had some stuff to forgive. And during um, when I, you know, when my kids were growing up, it was rough. I was not a happy mom and it was difficult for them. I know it was. And I'm really sorry that they had to grow up with a, you know, um, a mom with PTSD. But um, I, that's what I, that's what it was. And uh, so. Um, so after I. I, um, uh, I lost my mind. I'm sorry. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> um, so, you know, when I started my healing, oh, I know what I was going to say. So during that time, this priest told me that if I don't forgive, then I don't understand God. And I'm like, okay, well, I have to forgive. So what I used to tell people is I was forgiving my dad, like an alcoholic gives up drink one day at a time. So I would forgive him every morning. And then by the next morning, I hated him again, and I would need to forgive him again. And I just lit that, you know, that's how I live my life. I just trying, you know, 
But then when I, uh, after I was 50, I started doing some healing. Um, I, I learned the, um, to do, to be a transformational breathing facilitator in 1999. And uh, Judith Kravitz was way into, you know, healing us of anything. And she put us in, in touch with all kinds of healers uh, to, to release whatever we could. And um, one of the people was uh, Abraham Hicks that we studied, um, Byron Katie, um, and um, just so many. And um, because, and also she wanted us to be coach. Uh, she, she arranged for us to take coaching lessons. And in the coaching papers that we got, uh, there was a paper called Ho'oponopono. I do that. I practice it almost every day. Yes. Yes. I love it. it yeah. So um, through Ho'oponopono, I was able to release so much. And um, so I. Um, it starts out, I love you. I love God. God loves me. God loves that other person. That other person loves God. And if you can say, I love that other person, then you can say it. But if you can't, don't worry about it. I love you. I'm sorry. And it's, I'm sorry that this situation exists. Not, I'm sorry I did anything. Right. Uh, please forgive me for what's going on in me that caused me to attract this. And thank you for showing me this so I could heal. Because if I didn't have this adversity, I wouldn't know, I wouldn't know my pain inside and I couldn't heal it. And then um, the big, I love you again. So um, I was on vacation with my husband and I kept, you know, I was trying to sleep and all my monkey mind was bringing up all these situations where I, you know, I was hurt and I was doing the Ho'oponopono and I was like, you know, this isn't working right because I'm feeling shame here. And I know this is not about shame. And so um, when I, the next time I did it, I, I thought about, when I said, uh, please forgive me, I said, I forgive me. And then I said, I forgive it up. And when I did that, I felt this refrigerator sized pain come out of me and go up to God. And that was so amazing. And, and so all night, I mean, we were on vacation all night long. You know, my monkey mind would bring me other situations situations and I would ho'oponopono them. Like I call it my expanded ho'oponopono. Yes, I love and it. And I would, I would, and I released it, released it, released it. And sometimes um it wouldn't seem to go out. And I would be like asking my angels to go in there and untie it, pull it out by the roots, pull it out to the beginning of my being, you know, and so in that way, I got, I got rid of a lot and it, it took maybe about a year of doing that before I really was clear, but every bit of getting rid of that stuff made me so happy. And um, so, um, and then Abraham Hicks, right. And, and so I, their premise is you need to keep a good vibration so you can attract in the good stuff the law of attraction. And so it occurred to me, especially during that time I was taking care of Ron and I was studying all this stuff and I was studying Abrahamics too. And it occurred to me that um, all the adversity in my life, I had attracted in with my low vibration. And instead of 
being mad at myself or being mad at other people, I needed to acknowledge that and take responsibility for it. Not that I, not that I was guilty, but I could take responsibility for it. And in that way, change it, you know, change it so that I, I can choose how I feel. I can choose how I think like worrying, worrying is like, you know what worrying is? It's like, um, making up a sad or fearful story and then believing it, you know, and sharing it and, and just holding on to it. But that's so ridiculous because it's not true anyway. All the things you can imagine that are bad that could happen, they're not happening. And so, um, so that's what I tried to do. I, you know, okay, worrying does not work. It's not helpful you know, and so I just always try and think of a good outcome. And then I can live into that good outcome. Yes. And I'm going to try your version of Ho'oponopono uh, when I do it next, because I do love that idea of saying, I forgive me. Yes, I was talking to somebody just in the past few days about it and talking about how when I do it, I'll say, I'm sorry that, and, and all right, I was talking to somebody about how to do it. And I said, they were very angry at a relative. And I said, mm-hmm. so you don't say it such as, you know, I'm sorry that you're a jerk. That's not the way it works. It's more of, I'm sorry, I don't understand where your anger and rage comes from. Please forgive me. So that's, that was how mm-hmm. I was talking to him about it. That sounds it, but, really good. That sounds really good. I yeah. like that. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So is there anything else that you wanted to touch upon that we haven't had an opportunity to discuss yet? Well, um, actually, I wanted to tell you that the Ho'oponopono is in my book. I actually mentioned it twice, twice. And uh, one time I actually write it down. So it's in there. And um, so many, so many healing journeys and adventures I had, you know, over there. Uh, one thing that I I love to tell people about is um, I have this really special prayer that I say, and it it um, miracles happen when you say this. And the prayer is, "Dear God, please make everything turn out okay." And then you let God make everything turn out okay, because God really likes it when we acknowledge that God is God and that we, you know, if you can't figure it out you know, God can figure it out and, you know, make everything turn out. Okay. I love it. That's how my mom says she gave up drinking for that. We never thought she'd be able to do. I mean, we held, we held on. To what hope. a gift. What but a she gift, said, huh? I stood in front of that picture of Jesus hanging on my wall. And I said, you know, you it's somewhere in the Bible, uh, being Catholic, I can't quote a Bible, um, mm. but it was <laughs> something along the lines of anything you ask of God in my name, right. uh, it will come to be. And so she right. said, so I'm asking God in, in your name. In Jesus name. Yeah, yeah, in Jesus name to please heal me of this addiction. And she, she said, and then I didn't pick up another drink. So... Mm. Yeah, I love it. And she she did the same thing, put it in his hand. So I love it too. <laughs> so how do people find the book and how do they connect with you? Yeah, I want to I want to tell you it. Um, 
the book is Wisdom on the Camino, uh, and uh, it's a spiritual journey sharing forgiveness, possibilities to inspire the rest of your life by Kathleen Donnelly Israel. And it's on Amazon. And my gift to everyone is the pictures, because somebody told me that I should put the pictures in the book. And I'm like, yeah, that'll make it too expensive. So my gift in the beginning of the book, there's a page that says, read this first. And then you go and opt in on my website. Um, my website is wisdomonthecamino.com. And um, so uh, you opt in and then you, I have the pictures all separated into chapters. Oh, that's awesome. So that's my gift. Wonderful. And, well, thank you. Um, yeah. So um, anyway, I'd love to hear from you. Um, it's my email address is Kathleen at wisdom on the And uh, there you go. <laughs> All right. Beautiful. Well, it has just been an absolute joy to talk to you and thank you for sharing your own story of trauma to triumph and uh, mm. your, your journey. And I'm excited to read the book. Thank you. Thank you so much. Absolutely. All right. Well, everyone, thanks for joining us today on the Healing Place podcast. And remember, until next time, be gentle with yourself. Mm. Thanks. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. Terry Welbrock again. Just wanted to thank you for listening to the episode today and remind you to visit my website as well as the academy.terrywellbrock.com for the courses. But if you go to my website, terrywellbrock.com, you can sign up for my monthly Hope for Healing newsletter, which is also jam-packed with information and strategies and blog pieces and guest blog pieces and links to shows um, and just a great space for, uh, again, healing and hope. Thanks for, again, being here and being a part of this healing space. I very much appreciate you. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you.